Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, Essien, absolutely. When you talk about your off-season signings, I don't think there's been a bigger signing than this. Forget what's happened in the NRL and the like. The biggest signing of the off-season was by Essien, ensnaring the one and only Matt Rogers, dual international. He will join the team full-time from Monday week, um, co-hosting with Sats, Sports Day. This is a big leap forward. He's always been good to talk to, um, a good interview, right back from his start of his playing days. I can remember being at the 2000 World Cup. Matt Rogers was part of the Rugby League Australian side back then. He was great to chat to. I think he's going to be a fantastic addition to the SEN lineup on air. And he's online right now. Matt, welcome to SEN, the SEN uh, family. Uh, thanks, Bossy. Thanks, James. Oh, mate, uh, what, a, what a wrap. Thanks for that. Remember the 2000 World Cup? That you, um, you peroxide blonded. Uh, blonde the hair, didn't you, at the 2000 World Cup? Yeah, I did. There was a bit of a story behind that. It wasn't uh, something that I was all that keen on doing, but uh, you had to grow grow a a beard or a moustache or shave your head or dye your head, something stupid, just as a group. And uh, I dyed my hair black and Freddie said, no, mate, it's almost the same colour as your normal hair. You could either dye it white or or shave it off. And, mate, with ears the size of mine, mate, I would look like (laughs) the FA Cup. So I... uh, I dyed it white just so I could keep some hair on the scone. Vossi gave me a similar hazing here at SEN, actually. He uh, made me dye the hair, grow the beard. So look out for that one. He's, uh, he's a bit notorious around the traps here at SEN. Oh, I'll steer clear of him. In the, uh, in the <laughs> no, that's a scurrilous rumour, but if I did, it wouldn't be the hair on his head that he had to dye. So um, <laughs> we'd make it a little bit more interesting than that. Now, Matt, jumping into the media field, um, are you a little nervous, a little anxious about it? You've got you've got another um, week to get yourself ready. I don't think you're going to learn much off us, yeah. but Monday week you're, you're on. Well, I'll tell you. I, I mean, one of the things that's sort of got uh, upset me over the years is the way journalists give it to players, and uh, I've, I've um, and, and you know, obviously sometimes you know, Julie, Julie, uh, you know, it's, it's deserved, but um, it's been something I'm thinking, gee, I mean, you know, how am I going to cope with this? You know, because I'm a Obviously, a former player, and uh, you know, I know how hard it can be at times. And look, you know, players are human; they make mistakes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm all for players getting a second chance, but a third and a fourth, I'm probably, you know, fool me once, they say. But um, yeah, look, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Um, you know, I love sport. I love all sports. So um, I'm, I'm pretty much across all of them, and it gives me an excuse now to sit in front of the telly and watch everything. So my, and my wife can't yell at me anymore about it. I'm a uh, I'm an unashamedly Bulldogs biased uh, commentator, I guess you call it, Matt. Are, are, you, are you still a Titan at heart, or do you put that to the side now that you're on SEN? Mate, I am a shark at heart. Shark I, at heart. Um, I bleed black, white, and blue. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, look, I, I've got a real soft spot for the Titans. I grew up on the Gold Coast, and you know, obviously played for them. So. Yeah. Uh, look, I love the team. Um, they're, they're definitely my number two. But yeah. uh, look, at the end of the day, uh, you've got to be unbiased in your commentary. And <laughs> I know the Titans over the last few years have made some pretty poor decisions, uh, you know, administratively. And 
and with their playing roster and, and what they're paying players and the players that they've bought. So I think they've done pretty well this year. I think they've bought well. Um, but, you know, look, it's yet to be seen on the field. I, I was pretty impressed with a few of their young guys, you know, particularly Tom Weaver the other night on, on Sunday night. I thought he had a fantastic game. I think he's one to watch for the future. But, look, they're going to have a few headaches in the middle of the field this year, um, not with, you know, the, the playing numbers that they've got, but who they're going to pick. So it's going to be interesting to see how they go. And that's, you know, up to the coach, I guess. And he's under a bit of pressure. So um, we'll see what happens. But, uh, Matt, I'm going to have to pull, pull the knives out if things go bad there, uh-huh. I think. Yeah, part of the deal, part of the deal, Matt. Now, look, I'm sure, I'm sure you're going to connect with our listeners straight away, but, but, but I reckon you're going to get a lot of questions about comparisons between league and union, and you have been there and done that in both codes, going right to the top level, um, your test matches for the Kangaroos and then with the Wallabies, what was it, 45 test matches. Can yep. I ask you then as a fan, which was more fun? Which, which gave you the more fun? Not saying which was harder yeah. or tougher, which was more fun to play? Well, it's hard to say, Vossi, because, you know, some games when you, you know, you get trotting on on the bottom of the ruck aren't much fun, but at the same time, you've got to run into, or you've got blokes like Ruben Wiki running over the top of you. They're not fun either. So, to be honest, um, you know, the thing I loved about sport more than anything was the camaraderie. It was, it was the mates you made in the dressing room after the game. For a guy my size, to be, to be honest, like playing the game wasn't overly fun. <laughs> it was, it was the, the camaraderie and the, the, the friendships and, that those moments in time you get, um, and, it, and it's just, it's like asking me which child I love the most. You know, like I've got four of them, and if I said one of them, I don't think the other three would be all that happy. So um, I know I'm sitting on the fence there, but if you, you know, if you, if you, but, but I'll tell you this if you ask me, you said, mate, you can only watch one game for the rest of your life. You're not allowed to watch the other one. That's the rule. I would pick rugby league. Um, and I don't think that would be a hard choice for a lot of people right now, the way the state of the game of rugby union right now. But um, look, I had an absolute ball playing both. Um, had some of the some of the, the best and the worst moments in both games. Um, mate, I, I say I love them and hate them both equally. You, you just said, Matt, that it wasn't a lot of fun playing as, as a guy your size. Just on rugby, a topical one at the moment, do you think it would have been more or less fun playing if you had to tackle from the waist down, which is a rule they're talking about oh. potentially implementing? Oh, it'd be horrible. I mean, you know, and a guy 10 kilos heavier than me, I'm never going to be able to stop five metres out unless I can wrap the ball up. Like, I mean, it's just a ridiculous rule. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to absolutely ruin the game. I mean, I, I played... I'll, I'll never forget uh, in 1993, I played Australian schoolboys and I was the fly half and Jonah Lomu was the number eight. And he would pick the ball up off the back of the scrum, every scrum, and just run straight at me. And the only way I could, you know, get close, like I, if I went around his legs, he was just going to steamroll me. So I'd just jump up and try and wrap the ball up and just, you know, make him carry me. I was all the 60 kilos at the time. But, you know, he wasn't going to run as fast as 60 kilos attached to him if he, if he wasn't. So I mean, it was the only way I could stop him. And, look, at the end of the day, like, what, what are we trying to do with the game? Like, are we trying to make it so safe that, you know, we, we actually lose the game altogether. It's a, it's a war of attrition. It's, it's a battle. And, mm. you know, having guys this size is great, but also having small guys that can nip in around them is, is, is special too. So you're taking all that away from the game, and that's the nature of our game. Um, both league and union, there's, there's a spot for the small guys and there's a spot for the big guys. And I think what you're doing um, is you're just taking the little guy out of the game by saying you've got to tackle him around the legs. 
Um, they'll just steamroll. I mean, it's just physics, isn't it? I mean, Preston Campbell was one of the most courageous blokes I ever played with. But when you've got a, you know, a Jared Roy Hargraves, you know, steaming at him, if he can't, if he's just got to try and go around his legs, he's just going to get, you know, you get kneed in the head. And there's all you sorts of horrible 100%. things that can happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, Matt, um, I, I just say with you and my co-host here, James Magnuson, you do sort of have something in common. There's a thread between the two of you, both elite athletes, of course, but um, reality TV and put it the challenge. Yeah. Um, you you uh, you're a star of Survivor. I mean, you you right. people love you on Survivor, and and James was was pretty solid on SAS. Uh, yeah. How do you think you two would go head to head in those two <laughs> programs if we stick? Oh, mate. Just have a survivor, epi- just UV James and SAS UV James. <laughs> mate, I'm waving the white flag before he's uh, He's about 10 years younger than me, or 15 years younger than me, and he's a monster. He killed me. <laughs> I, couldn't, I don't think I could but do I, the survivor without food. I couldn't go without food that long. It would kill me. Oh, it's hard, mate. It's hard, but I, I will say this, Fossey. I, I did make a bit of a career out of making big blokes look silly, but um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not something you can really do. It's hard. You know, it's the reality games. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's a tough. It, it's tough. Mate, I, I actually you know, got approached about that SAS, and I had, I had a chat with Sammy Burgess about it. I said, mate, what was it like? Have you got anything that hurts? Like, you got any reviews? I'm like, yeah, I've got a few. And he goes, mate, they don't, there's no let up. He goes, they won't give you any. Any grace from it? He goes, if you're no good, he goes, I wouldn't do it. I'm like, yep, yeah, right okay. on. Okay, <laughs> oh, I chickened out of that one. All right, okay. So there we go. You've been honest on that. Can I tell? Can I say to you too, Matt? Um, uh, you should be incredibly proud of your book, A Father's Son: Family Football and Forgiveness. And I know that Jay, the bookman who does our joke of the day at the start of the show, you'll get to know him on the SEN Network. But he said just. Um, he gave your book enormous praise and book signing and you know, sold through the roof. So that was an incredible process, but your life has been ups and downs, hasn't it? And and I do need to touch on it. I mean, the death of your father, those sorts of things that I guess you think about every day. And, and when you actually sat down to put it in onto paper, what was that like for you? Oh, mate, it was um, it was a lot harder than what I thought it was going to be. When I got approached to, to do the book, I, I was I was very much like, oh, yeah, this will be fun, because I wanted to do one when I retired. And I, I, I'd approached a journalist who I trusted to to write it for, with me, and um, he was just you know, tied up, and he just said, "Mate, I would love to do it, if I just don't have the time. I just and I wouldn't do it justice." So I just sort of wrote it off, thought, "Oh, it's not going to get done." So to get the opportunity, you know, twelve years post my retirement to do a book um, was pretty special. And my wife had written a book um, about our son Maxie, who's who's um, autistic, and. You know, she went through a, a pretty full-on process in writing that, the struggles that we'd sort of dealt with. And she sort of said to me, she goes, you have to write it. She said, you can't have anyone. You can't put this through another filter. She said, you have to write it. So she sort of encouraged me to do it. And after about three months, I thought, what the hell have I got myself into here? Um, you know, two-finger typing isn't the quickest way to, uh, to knock out, you know, 60,000 words. But, um, mate, I ended up... Um, getting to the point, you know, writing about my dad, and I and I and I thought I would be able to do it, and I really struggled, and it took me probably about you know eight to twelve months to get through just that part. Um, the rest of the book took me about eight months. I just couldn't keep going back to the computer. I actually sort of thought I I just didn't think I could do it, so I just actually rang my publisher and said, "Look, I'm not going to do it," and they're like, "Oh, 
well, we can get a go shot to do it. I said, no, no, I don't think you're understanding me. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just, I'm going to not do the book. And I'd pretty much done it other than that part. And they sort of said, oh, look, just have a break for a while. And I sort of sat down and, and uh, sort of thought about it. And uh, about three or four months afterwards, I got back into it and had another little break and got back into it again. And I guess after doing it all, I sort of realised it, it was a good thing for me. It was a sort of a, a real sort of therapeutic type situation for me to sort of put it all down and speak to my... Mm siblings about it all and just really sort of air out what I thought happened compared to what my brother and sister thought happened and then sort of put it, pulling it all together. Um, but yeah, I feel good about it. It actually, it actually, it's actually put me in a, in a place, Vossi, now where I feel really comfortable talking about it. Whereas before I was just, it was always yeah. that sort of elephant in the room that people would sort of not really yeah. want to talk about my dad. And, and I, just, I just don't want what happened to dad to be that thing that defined him. So I'm glad that I was able to put that down and, mm. and now become more comfortable in talking about the whole situation. Oh, you must be a very proud Sunday because the number of times in commentary you say, gee, that player reminds me of or moves like one of the Prince of Centres, Steve Rogers. Like that must make you feel proud that he is... Rem- like Steve was just a sludge. I mean, what a nickname. <laughs> he was quite yeah. the opposite of that. I mean, just a he sensation. Was. And the favourite player of he so was, many. Mate. Yeah, so he was. No, yeah, I, he, he I, would be. He would be proud of you too, Matt. He would be proud of you too. Don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, mate, I, I grew up, and he was my hero, you know. And he was every kid in the in the neighbourhood's hero. It was back in the day before social media, obviously. And you know, everywhere we went, he was a, he was a you know the the, the hero of the neighbourhood, and um, you know, I was so proud of that, and I just wanted to, you know. I wanted him to be proud of me, you know, and that's, that, that was actually, that's a lot, a lot what the book's about. It was just about me trying to, to fight for that, um, you know, pat on the back or the, you know, I'm proud of your son sort of thing. Um, different generation, though, back then, as you know, Vossi, there wasn't a lot of that. And, uh, yeah, I struggled a little bit with that. But, you know, after writing the book again, it was, you know, another one of those moments where I just sort of had that realisation that, you know, my childhood sort of turned me into the person I am now and it gave me that resilience and that toughness to sort of keep pushing on and, and I don't think I would have been able to get through a lot of the stuff I've got through without it. Just on the book, Matt, we've had a text come through from one of our listeners. He says, G'day, boys. Just while you've got Matty Rogers on, I just want to say what an outstanding book and what a great fella he is. Thanks very much. Cheers from HP Robbo. So there you go. Good one. Uh, no, uh, Matt- I've, I've, I've received so many like amazing messages from people online and uh, I was yeah I just wanted to thank everyone who's read the book and um, yeah it's been a, it's been a you know great process for me well Monday week it all changes. It's not all compliments on Monday week. Let me tell you, no, we sit here every morning. Oh, they can rip you apart. They can rip a second one in you on a daily basis just about. Matt, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. You're going to be great for the station. Yeah. Um, and you'll be working alongside a terrific fella and Scotty Sattler. What about that? Sattler and Rogers, two icons, huge names in rugby league. And uh, they're together on SEN. Matty, all the best for it, mate. Cheers, Rossi. Thanks for it, mate. Looking forward to it.